With the world of baseball on hold, it's a perfect time to revisit some of the seasons of old. In particular, let's visit the 1981 Montreal Expos. I'm Charlie Roberts. I'm your host of Know Nothing Sports Talk. Leading up to the 81 Montreal Expos, a quick history of Montreal. Professional baseball had been around in Montreal for dating all the way back to about 1890, uh, probably most notably uh, 1946 when Jackie Robinson was part of the Montreal Royals. He helped lead that team to a Junior World Series title that year. Um, leading away from uh, affiliate status in that area, uh, fast forward to 1968, uh, when the league awarded two expansion clubs, uh, San Diego and Montreal got those expansions. So the Montreal Expos was born, played their first game April 9th in 1968. In 1969, uh, they won their inaugural game. I believe that was April 9th. They won the inaugural game. Didn't have much success throughout the next years um, playing, which leads us up to about 1979. Um, started their most successful year. They lost out to the Pirates on the final Sunday that year. Uh, 1980, again, one day left to the schedule. They lost to the Phillies, uh, which leads us up into 1981. Would 1981 be the breakthrough year for the Montreal Expos? Let's take a look. In 1981, the Montreal Expos played their home games at Olympic Park. Uh They only played about 108 games that year, Uh, 60 wins, 48 losses, with a win percentage of 556. Not a bad season for Montreal. Uh, Reason only, they only played 108 games. Everybody remembers 1981, they had a baseball strike. It shortened the season for most teams between 102 and 110 games. Games were canceled on June 12th that year. Ended up resuming around August 10th with the first game back being the all-star game and that was played on August 9th 1981 looked to be a breakthrough year for the Montreal Expos coming off to off from back-to-back years of coming up uh, within a day or so short of going into postseason play uh, it appeared that Montreal had the lineup uh, in place uh, to come through that year uh, everything was pointing in that direction. Some of the standouts on that year were Gary Carter, Andre Dawson, Tim Raines. There's your first three uh, inductees to the Hall of Fame um, under the Montreal Expos banner. Now, there's been many uh, players in the Hall of Fame that have been part of the Montreal organization, but these three players are in under the Montreal Expos banner. Um Huge playing that year for all three. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, some of the reasons I'm noting these three players, prior to 81, the Expos had never really had a starter in the All-Star game. Uh, coming into 81 with the strike going on, coming back August uh, to start the all, play the All-Star game before they started the season, uh, second part of the season. Um, again, the Expos never had a starter in the All-Star game in 1981. That all changed. Uh, this year they had uh, two starters on there and a third all-star member, uh, Gary Carter. He was playing in his fourth all-star game that year, but it was also his very first as a starter. Um, Gary Carter had a great year that year. The all-star game was phenomenal for him. 
uh, coming off 49 days off due to the strike. He come into the game, hit two home runs off first pitches uh, each time. Uh, great game. Uh, he was the first MVP winner in the history of the Expos. Second player I, I noted as a standout uh, for the 81 Expos, Andre Dawson, the Hawk. He started in center field, voted National League Player of the Year in, in the poll by his fellow players. Uh, you know, the rest is history. Andre Dawson, awesome career. Uh, two nicknames that he carried on was the Hawk, uh, most notably four, or he was also called Awesome Dawson. Uh had the opportunity to see these guys play many, many times growing up in upstate New York uh, throughout the late 70s and all of 80s. Uh, went to Montreal often and watched the baseball games up there. The third person uh, I had on here as a standout, Tim Raines. Um, that year, he's a rookie. Uh, had enough write-in votes to finish fourth in the ballots for an outfield. Um, so, again, great job. Those are three standouts that made it happen. There's, there's a lot of uh, players that were on that Montreal Expo team that uh, played a part in making all that happen. You know, Steve Rogers uh, was on there. Uh, some great pitching on his part, uh, winning two games uh, in the divisional playoff, um, giving uh, Montreal that, that uh, division championship, very first one. Um they also had uh, Bill Gullickson, uh, qu quite a few uh, great names on that uh, on that team that contributed to the success they had that year. Unfortunately, they fell short uh, later on in the playoffs. Leading up to the latter part of the uh, 81 season for Montreal, and I don't recall what was uh, surrounding these events, Maybe some of the listeners have some insight on it, can leave some comments or call in. We can further discuss on another podcast on management changes. But Montreal Expos at the time were only a game and a half out of first place. And in September, uh, they changed management. Um, Dick Williams was leading Montreal as a general manager uh, up till September. And Jim Fanning takes over. At the time, Jim Fanning takes over. He's a game and a half out of first place. Uh Lost his very first three games as a manager. Uh, goes on to win 16 out of the last 24 games, passing St. Louis and clinching the second half crown for the Montreal Expos. Phenomenal job by Jim Fanning coming in there. A um, little shaky at, at first, but uh, pulls it off, gives Montreal Expos their very first Easter, uh, very first crown. That takes me into the division series. Almost got ahead of myself there. So going into the division series, Jim Fanning and the Montreal Expos, they only have three days to prepare for this series. Again, they're coming off a shortened season due to the 81 strike. Going to this, three days to prepare for the division series. They put their ace, Steve Rogers, on the, on the mound for game number one. Played in Montreal. Rogers goes on, wins game number one with Jeff Reardon picking up the save for him. Next game, again in Montreal, put Bill Gullickson on the mound. He wins game two again with Jeff Reardon picking up the save on that. The next two games are played in Philly, and Philly uh, defeats the Expos. So the Expos win the first two. Philly takes the next two. Series is all tied up at two. Final game, Montreal goes back to their ace. 
for the second time in five days, Steve Rogers gets back on the mound, taking on Philly's ace, Steve Carlton, at the time. Rogers picks up another win. Expos clinch their very first Eastern Division title. First title in 13 years in franchise history. Okay, sum it up. So here you have the Montreal Expos. They just came off a uh, season crown, their first division championship. Both are highlights of the entire franchise history. You got to remember they've been around since 69, had ups and downs, uh, just missed out of playoffs in 79, just missed out of playoffs in 1980, hoping 81 is their year. They're riding the high. They start out the season good, go into a player strike. They rebound from the player strike, win their very first crown, go in, win their very first Eastern Division championship. Now they're marching this high. They're headed into their league championship. So they arrive ready to go playing the Dodgers. Uh, they're in their league championship. They're at Dodger Stadium. They split games one and two. This is a good thing for Montreal at the time. They go into Dodger Stadium. They manage to pull off at least one win there. They split the games because the next three games are being played at uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Montreal Expos are on their home turf. They're riding the high. They're looking for the World Series appearance. They get back to Montreal. Uh, game three, they got their ace, Steve Rogers, on the mound. He pulls off the win, puts the Expos up two games to one. Montreal is ecstatic. They're looking for their title. Go into game four. They lose game four. Series is tied up at two. One more game in Montreal, hoping they can pull it off. Uh, unfortunately, Montreal Expos, they're looking good going into the ninth inning. Rick Monday hits a monster shot to win it for the Dodgers in the ninth inning. Game over. Uh, Montreal comes up just short. So after falling short in 79 on the final day, uh, falling short in 1980 with uh, one more day left to play, they come up uh, about an inning short of making a World Series appearance. Making progress, not what the Montreal Expos wanted. Overall, you cannot take it away. Had a monster year. Uh, Gary Carter, Andre Dawson, Tim Raines. Uh, Steve Rogers, Bill Gullickson, uh, that entire team uh, was riding a high, and they had a lot of firsts that year. A lot of those names went on to do great things, uh, make other appearances, and obviously their records speak for themselves. The three three names that I just named uh, obviously are in the Nas uh, National Hall of Fame. But before I wrap up the recap of the 81 uh, Montreal Expos season. I uh, just want to touch again on those three names that I've mentioned as standouts for them uh, that year and only pick those three. They had a lot of standouts, had a lot of great players that year, um, all had their ups and downs, but I chose these three because they are the very first three to go into the National Hall of Fame as a Montreal Expo. Uh, Gary Carter, nicknamed Kid. Uh, Gary began with them in 1974 as a rookie. He wore the number eight in his entire career with the exception of 74. He wore the number 57. Uh, number eight uh, for Gary Carter was pretty significant. Uh, he had a lot of things on the eights. Uh, he was born on April 8th. He was married on February 8th. He moved into his first home on November 8th. There's a dumb fact that for whatever reason I know. Uh, great players that wore the number eight he, that he related to and he remembered. 
uh, getting that number was Carl Yastrzemski, uh, Willie Stargell, Yogi Berra, Billy Dickey, uh, Joe Morgan, Cal Ripken Jr. The Expos went on to retire that number eight in Gary Carter, Carter's honor. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2003, and he was the very first inductee to the Hall of Fame as a Montreal Expos. Next up was Andre Dawson, the Hawk. Awesome Dawson. He began with the Expos in 76 as a rookie. He wore the number 10, except for part of that season in 76 where he wore the number 24. Uh, Andre Dawson and Ted Williams are the only two players to ever hit home runs off a father-son pitching duel. The Hawk did it against Pedro Barbin on June 10th of 77 and again against his son on August 16th of 95. Again, only him and Ted Williams have ever uh, done that. Uh, Montreal retired his number in his honor. The number 10 was retired in 1997. Um, the Hawk also holds a record in Montreal for the most sacrificed flies, 71 sacrificed flies. Uh, he just did a great job on moving players along, whether moving them onto the next base or moving them around home plate to help contribute uh, to the Montreal Expos seasons. Uh, he's the only player in Montreal history to hit the 200 home run and 200 steel base, stolen bases. Um, he's only one of four players in Major League Baseball history to record over 400 home runs and 300 stolen bases. Great job by the Hawk, Andre Dawson. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2010, and he was the second player to be inducted under the Montreal Expos banner. The third member I want to mention of the Montreal Expos from the 1981 season, uh, Tim Rock, Tim Raines, also called Rock. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that Tim Raines was a rookie in 1981. Uh, he actually began playing with Montreal in 1979. He played six games as a second baseman for there. Uh, 1980, he went again, played for Montreal. He played 15 games as a second baseman. So his official rookie year was 1981. Uh, 81, he played 88 games. Uh, Tim Raines actually transitioned uh, from a second base to outfield that year. He played 88 games, played in the outfield. Uh, again, had an outstanding year out there. He became known for his speed and able to track stuff down in the outfield. Um he went on to win two World Series, not with Montreal Expos, but he went on to – he played for some other teams throughout his career. Uh, he went on to win the World Series both with the Yankees in 1996 and 1998. He holds multiple records with the Montreal Expos. Uh, they retired his number 30 uh, in his honor. Forget this. Here's a, here's a, a stat. Um, I don't know why I know this. 2003 – Expos traded him. They traded him to Baltimore. Um, at that time, they traded him so that he could play a game on the same field with his son. Uh, when he took the field that day, both him and his son were in the outfield, left field and center field. That They became the only second father-son duo to ever take the field on the same team. Uh, so anybody that's into uh, th those type of stats and, and what goes on behind the scenes and stuff and why things are done – uh, look into that. I don't know the deal behind it and stuff, but I do know in, in 2003 he got traded to Baltimore so he could play with his son. Uh, 
In 2017, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame and became the third uh, inductee into the National Hall of Fame as a Montreal Expos member. Okay, guys, one more thing right before I wrap up. Just a hypothetical. Um, some of it's hypothetical, some of it's not. Uh, but just imagine uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know or or maybe forgot about. I, I'd play more on the don't know um, side of things. In 1981, um, in 1981, Montreal Expos actually drafted Mark McGuire. Yes, I said it. 1981, the Montreal Expos actually drafted Mark McGuire. He chose not to sign. They, they drafted him in the amateur draft. Mark McGuire decided not to sign. Went to college, went on to be drafted in 84 by the Oakland Athletics, and the rest is history on that. Can you imagine what would have happened had he played for Montreal in 81? Would that have changed the things, the outcome for Montreal Expos in 81 if they would have had that powerhouse? I mean, think about it. Even even back in 84, he was he was hitting hitting power. I mean, he just he he was a monster on at the plate. You can't deny it. Uh but most people don't know. 81. Montreal Expos actually drafted him. He chose not to sign. What would have changed in 81 for the history of the Montreal Expos? Would they have gone on to win? Don't know. Would have been nice to see. Would they have made the uh, World Series appearance? Would they have won a World Series? How much of the 81 season would have changed the entire outcome and, and source of the, of the later years of the Montreal Expos? Play the what-if game, people. That's all for today, everybody. I'm Charlie Roberts, your host of Know Nothing Sports Talk. Hey, let me know what you think. Leave me some comments. Uh, share the podcast. Like the podcast. Uh, catch it on your favorite uh, application that you listen to them. If you go to my website, charlesjroberts.com, uh, that'll take you to the podcast. Right-hand side, there's a message button. Go ahead and leave me an audio message. Uh, leave me comments, whatever you want to talk about. Um, got a specific talk topic in, ba- in baseball or any other sports you want to talk about, let me know. We'll hit it up. If you want to talk more of the Expos, any season, let's do it. Uh, if you want to talk about individual players, let's do that. Baseball cards, we've got that covered too. If you want to talk about the 69 Expos on their expansion, uh, talk about a baseball card, let's talk Jesus Alou. That, ba- that baseball card's out there. He's in a Montreal Expos uniform. Folks, he never played for the Montreal Expos. He was part of the expansion draft. Expos chose him. They traded him. But the baseball card's out there. Does anybody else have one of those cards? I've got one sitting here on my wall. Let's talk baseball cards. Let's talk sports in general. Charlie Roberts, No Nothing Sports Talk. Have a great Sunday.